clown sex. Insane violence. Mind-blowing effects. Insane Clown Posse is Big Money Hustlers. Starring Violent J, Shaggy 2 Doe, Jamie Madrox, and the Monoxide Child. The critics agree. Our movie's the sh- Big Money Hustlers. Straight to home video and in stores now. The Wicked Clown will never die! This movie's not rated and may be unsuitable for just about anyone. Yes, guys. Oh, you thought this was just shuffling the deck vanilla? No, no, no. We're goddamn strippers here. And whatever the opposite of vanilla is, or not strippers, we're swingers here. And oh, man. That makes less sense. Hold on. (laughs) No, because it's vanilla. Swingers made the thing shut up. We usurped yet again another co host of mine, little Corey. (laughs) I did it. Into doing this bullshit <laughs> show we normally do. My name's James. I'm Sean. No, 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 no. You're not here yet. <laughs> Wait, yes, I am. I see me My in the camera. My name's James. Of Corey. And welcome to another riveting episode of This Existed. Shuffling Are you the deck me off version. The podcast? Oh, no, this is the thing. It, so... This is the thing where you where you kick me off of my own podcast? No, 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 no. no. You monster. I, Whose you podcast vile. is this? This is This Existed right now, but it's on the Shuffling the Deck feed. It's kind of like the Small Soldiers one we did, Lil Corey. Are we sharing this like a child out of wedlock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is this our bastard baby? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I had... Bastard sh- baby is my name when I joined the Dark Lotus, by the way. Ooh, who's beeping? Uh, that's my fire alarm. Oh. Uh, let me check on that real quick. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. yeah, go ahead and check on that. That's fine. <laughs> Okay, so, well, Sean's gone. Sean gone with the long johns. Yeah. I wanted to do This Existed for the Patreon, like, in the beginning, but then the pandemic happened, so I couldn't do This Existed. I wanted to have other people come on, and then once we were like, hey, little Corey, we're just going to do this. I always had Big Money Hustlers, today's subject, on the list for This Existed, but then uh, Corey was probably elated, like, yes, he's doing an ICP podcast. I don't have to do this bullshit with with James. Sean and him will do it, but then I was like, no, 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 no. Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod needs this cross promotion. Give us that money. My apartment is fine. I almost got away with not doing it. Ooh. If it wasn't for us, for those meddling wicked clowns. Ooh. So that's what we're discussing today. But first, yeah. you know, we play games, but even before that on this existed, Lil' Corey, how's your week been? Uh, my week's been a little all over the place, but uh, it's pretty good. I've, I think I, I might have mentioned this last time, but I'm still under training be a supervisor at a dog place where i get to just supervise dogs man it's great i love it hell yeah you tell them you gotta get your numbers up oh man the live chats are coming in you're not being cute enough on those keyboards little dogs sorry and i've also finally gotten really good at a multiplayer game again it's been years what game are you playing is it nickelodeon all-star brawl Smite. Okay, I've heard of Smite. That's the le- it's it's a League of Legends clone, right? 
Yeah, except that it's uh, third person instead of isometric. This. Okay. Yes. I'm really good at it now, guys. So, but is it fun? Me. It, oh, so I, come kill me. I mean, that's that's you know that's subjective. Um, okay. I like doing really well. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's uh, you know what. I play Magic: The Gathering. Uh, I get that feeling. I understand. <laughs> uh, I like that. I'm very good now. Please kill me. I don't. I don't know how to appreciate nice things. Uh, around the time that I got like really really good at it is around the level where they stop giving you people who also just started. Okay. So the second I kind of got a clue of what I was doing, finally, that's when they paired me with the people who have thousands of hours. Uh, uh, Matchmaking. These matchmaking (laughs) algorithms. That's how (laughs) I felt on Fortnite. I was like, oh, they're just feeding me people who aren't good at this. And then, like, I kept playing. I was like, oh, I think uh, most of these children playing this just are not good at this. (laughs) Like, Nicole and I went to a, we had never played on PC, we went to a gaming cafe in Kenosha on a weird vacation, and pretty much we, the only game we could play at this gaming cafe was Fortnite, so we're playing, we're doing duos, and then we we proceed to win, I think, three in a row, and we don't know the controls on keyboard, Nicole does not play Fortnite, but we're just (laughs) rocking it, and we're like... She thought this was Minecraft for the first 30 minutes. (laughs) She's like, man, the graphics are no longer blocky. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's a departure, but I like it. They must have that mod, that graphics mod on here. Yeah. (laughs) I've been playing Borderlands 2, and I love the aesthetic change of it being snowy. I love snowy. that you still can't say mm-hmm. that word. I, I do it on purpose yeah. because I don't I want don't to try you. to do it on, on like, genuinely aesthetic. do it, and then it still be messed up, and then uh, it's aesthetic. kind of, it's my gimmick now. It, do you mean so your you say words wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's my gimmick now. It's your, it's, it's your Jimmy Fallonick. Ooh, I love Jimmy Fallon, hey. how he looks directly in camera like he's got dead shark eyes. <laughs> I can I relate. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. I have dead shark eyes. We're the same person. I, Reach out, touch your screen. Every single promo video that we do, I have to say like, Nicole, do I have lively eyes or are they that of a shark? I love Borderlands because uh, I'm done talking about James's eyes. <laughs> I, I'm stuck I on this. I love borderlands 2 you're stuck where you're stuck i'm stuck on this mission that i need to like save roland and i'm like how the and they just keep this this machine Mm. keeps making new machines and i'm like i'm gonna have to go on youtube and figure this out danny tamborelli style and or just (laughs) or just grind more levels i don't know you can say tamborelli but you can't say aesthetic yeah but i i've heard danny tamborelli so many times if it's all that or the aforementioned figure it out Mm-hmm. Do you need oh. me to just say aesthetic in front of you a few thousand times? Aesthetic, aesthetic, yeah! Perfect. Just like you, Corey. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, man, I like to go, I, well, because I, I, I remember, like, when we were t- uh, talking about, like, uh, mismatches, and it's like, oh, I think I'm good, or is everyone bad around me? I remember uh, I went to my local card shop to do a magical draft, which is you open a booster pack, you take one card, you pass it to your left, and then you build your deck that way, and then you do matches. And I remember I opened my pack. I get like, oh, this is a decent rare. Um, I could probably build around this. There wasn't anything else too exciting. So I take a decent rare. It was a, a, a Ceratops for those of you Magic fans out there. And then my next pack passes me a Rotting Regisaur, which is an absolute bomb. 
And I talked to the guy afterwards. I'm like, hey, why did you pass me that rotting register? He's like, oh, don't worry. I found this bird in the pack. I was like, this bird sucks. It was such a, so I felt like I felt I felt so bad uh, just taking that Carter from him. But, you know, I guess I just have to me being a big money hustler. Boom. Transitions. One real quick thing. If it were it. card. That transition was perfect. <laughs> if it were card wars and you were using birds, which are the chickens, man, those things are overpowered. And Nicole would be like, you can't use that deck anymore, James. But yes. <laughs> Big money hustlers. Card Wars is yes. fantastic, guys. You should uh, buy just the starter decks. I wish the game on iOS was still available, but it no longer Yu -Gi -Oh is. Yu-Gi-Oh for life, boy. I, we're all, see, that's we're all different. Just like this. our opinions <laughs> on today's movie will all be in different spectrums. We're doing big money hustlers. It came out in, yes. I think, 2000. I have it yep, written July down. July 18th, 2000. I have a Wikipedia page. It stars the psychopathic roster of the time. Harlan Williams, creator yes. of Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore. He was great. Mick Foley, the Misfits, and more. Now, Mick Foley was on this? Yes. Oh, you oh, did, did you not see the Mick Foley part? This is the best part of the movie because I guess it's Mick I just, Foley. I guess I just didn't recognize him as Mick Foley. No, you would recognize him if you saw. It was a wrestling match. We'll get to it. We'll get, we we got to go through the whole movie, though. We'll get to it. So this is a send-up or a parody, how, an homage to exploitation films, guys. Mm -hmm. A so, love letter, if you will. Exactly. Because so, it, it didn't feel like it was making fun of it. It felt like, no, we love these movies. We'll make fun of ourselves, like all the fourth wall-breaky stuff. It felt much more we're making fun of ourselves, not the actual genre of film. Does that make sense? Yeah. I never really registered it as uh, it making fun of those films. Mm -hmm. um, and I hated mm -hmm. this movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, guys, today. Oh, my God. I have such a fun game that I did not come up with a name for. So I think it will be Exploitation Reviews. Uh, it's a classic guess the movie based on the reviews exploitation there are so many subgenres within this subgenre and oh yes. what we will be doing is i will give you a letterboxd review there, you're up for 3 points each single uh, question you'll get a letterboxd review if you know the movie based off the letterboxd review you will get 3 points then if you need you still don't know it i'll give you a critic review and then you'll get two points. If okay. you still don't know it, I'll give you the subgenre of the exploitation, and you'll have one point. I chose just the most popular movies of each subgenre, so it's not like I'm I'm bringing up a Frankenstein versus uh, Man. Yeah, something Frankenstein weird like versus that. Frankenstein versus fuck. Frankenstein comes to terms with his asexuality. I love yeah. that movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, and if I win, I get Corey's skin, right? Shit. I really like my skin. I really want to win, then. Oh, uh, this is like extra rare value. Yes. Oh, you can do that, but you're playing oh. as a team, guys. Oh. Okay. Yes. Oh. Wait. Wait, so how do I get his skin? Well, what I you're playing think... for is not to be exploited because I will send nude videos I have to you to exploitedcollegegirls.com. I don't. I, that's I very on brand, but I hate I, it. I think I would just like $5. 
Well, no, no, that's that's if you don't lose. Like that's if you lose, I will send it. So it's if you oh, win, I will not do that. We really. What do we get if we win? Uh, you don't get exploited. Oh, all right, let's. let's shit, let's, it's let's, all coming together. But also, right, if you lose, you want to know what? if you win, you get to keep the money that I would be making from exploitedcollegegirls.com or xcog.com as it is now. Uh, a very important, uh, a super important question. What's that? Are these quote unquote exploited, exploited college girls just a series of pictures of uh, socks and tube tops? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. You're not yeah, exploiting they, your cat. They look like cats, and you know, most of them are just. Uh, sometimes I change, mm. or sometimes it looks like the same cat is like huge change, kind of like a Sonic, a Blonic, a Chronic, you know, Deviant sure, Art sure. style OC Sonics. Oh. But what about uh, hooked nice. on phonics? Hooked on phonics? Is that anything? Yeah, I got the Hooked on Phonics, the game, to be taught how to read because I could not read in, like, second grade. And then my parents just never cracked it open to teach me how to read, so it is their Classic. direct fault that I could not read as a second grader. <laughs> Classic. So, too guys. Busy, too, too busy playing that Fortnite. Yeah, Dab way back maniac. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, James was a coder. James, James originally coded Fortnite before Epic even saw it. Yeah. The yeah. Unreal Engine 4 is my creation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, God, I wish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For legal purposes, that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Keanu, don't come for us. Okay, this first letterbox review is a three-star. They are Professor Fleece. They say, I totally get why his name was redacted. Getting laid so much. A fun shoot 'em up street vigilante with a killer turtleneck. Then in asterisk, daps up the nearest person, my brother. Is this dolomite? It is not dolomite. Okay. Is it dynamite? Is it black dynamite? No, it is I'll not. Dynamite. Damn it. I'll, I'll give you each one more guess. Does Shaft wear a turtleneck? Guess what, guys? Ding, Shaft ding, ding. Turtleneck, you get three points. Woo! This is Shaft yes. from 1971. Here's the critic review. Mediocre is the only word to describe the work of the director. This director of this nonsense, inept is the kindest thing to say about the performances of the lead actor who plays Shaft. I have these redacted and I don't know them from memory. A black is private this, eye on the prowl for kicks in the Big Apple underworld. I need to see Shaft. I don't think I ever have. And I see Shaft every night. All right. All right. Let's go into the next film before you, you, you fiends start talking more about peepees and pecker woods. And this was a black exploitation. That was the nice. subgenre. All right. This is the letterboxed review for the next one. They gave it one and a half stars. And Ooh. their username is just the snail emoji. I don't know how. <laughs> it is. They literally went to an island for no reason other than to see a bunch of blanks, then were surprised when they got blanked. Jurassic Park? No, the, yeah, Jurassic Park, the exploitation film. We got to be more sensitive about the dinosaurs. To be fair, you could say it. You could you could argue uh, Jurassic Park is just a is just a, a, a dinosaur monster movie. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay, Steven Spielberg, you ain't shit. Okay. Do either of you have a guess? They went to an island to get attacked by. Oh, is it King Kong? No. I don't know anything with that preface. I don't think. Yeah, I'm trying to think like a, I'm trying to think island movies. Island movies with an attack. 
I'll give you one more Letterboxd review that might, if you know these factoids, might narrow it down. It is just simply, Dear Turtles, I apologize on behalf of the human race. Sincerely, Sally Jane Black. You're probably going to give us the thing and I'm still not going to, I don't know, a turtle movie? No, they're apologizing on behalf of the humanity because of something that may have happened to a turtle in this movie. Oh, Avatar, the la- the last Airbender, no. the fourth season where they ride on the giant turtle. No, little Corey. Now I'm stumped. All right, no. you want me to go on to the critic? Critic, uh, sure. Critic, I should say. Keep putting the last T on there. The ath critic. This is Nick Schlanger of the Film Project. They Mm -hmm. write, the film, to its credit, at least attempts a crude satire of the violence-obsessed media and its status as an unbiased witness to events. Any subtext, however, is painfully facile, such as blank pathetically justifies the unrepresented carnage by posthumously damning his eaten filmmaker protagonist with a... Who are the real monsters, the blank or us, with this anti-imperialism morale? Yeah, that's not helping anything. As clearly elucidated by its shocking gruesomeness, as well as its unabashedly racist portrayal of blank. What's up? Do you have it? it? It's not Green Inferno. It's... What? You're on the right track, dude. Uh, can, oh, uh, is it Cannibal Holocaust? Ding, ding, I'm gonna ding. guess. Wait, no, wait, no, I have a guess. I have a guess. I have a guess. What? <laughs> yes. Is it Can't Hardly Wait? No, it is not. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. This is Cannibal Holocaust. They killed real animals in this movie. Oh. That's why, like, the turtle thing is there. Yeah. Yeah, this movie was all kinds of fucked up. So that's two points for you guys. You need seven points. Currently, you are at three, four, five whole points. How many many categories do we have? You have two left. Okay. Okay. We just need to get these both correct. Yeah. So, Corey, um, I know you you enjoy fucking it up, but how about you don't fuck it up? I'm sorry. I'll try harder on this one. I'm coming for that skin. I, I would like to keep it. <laughs> Understandable. That won't stop me. All right. This was a KRAD 54 review. One star. They said... Hey James, quick question. Do, do we need to know the usernames at all? Just to give them credit. Okay. That's fair. It, right, we are using their content. KRAD, mm-hmm. I am trying to bury you. I'm sorry. <laughs> they say, no thank you with it being black and white. Makes it too old-fashioned for me. They incorrectly spelled too. I did see only clips of it. Then I was bored. Now I like blank from 2019. What the fuck? This is that's the least useful review you could have chosen. (laughs) No, there's there's. They didn't even see the movie. They only saw clips. Well, this is giving you details though. It's black and black and white. And they remade it in 2019. There you go. You you got... I think they are mm. incorrect on that last thing, though. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. 2019 is correct. Never mind. Never mind. There, there okay. is... Yes. Okay, so it's hella not... Wait, no. They did do something. King Kong? Not King Kong. Shit. I am assuming the black and white version was at a time where everything was in black and white. Yes. But it's not King Kong. 
Godzilla? Guess what, guys? It is Godzilla 1954. So this guy doesn't like the original Godzilla, but was really on board with the remake. Beautiful. There Beautiful. are a lot of people on Letterboxd giving this half a star. Like, why the fuck do people like this? It's boring as hell. Now, when it comes to Godzilla's, you know, the 29 movies that Toho put out, the first one is the best movie. However, if you're trying to find a Godzilla movie, it is not the best one. I would say versus Gigan versus Destroya or Final Wars. Those are top tier Godzilla movies. But that first one is the best movie. This, this K-Rad is probably someone like, oh, I don't really care for Terry Funk or Cactus Jack. Give me more Matt Cardona, the Deathmatch King. Get out of here, you fake wrestling fans. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know those guys, but I agree I figured. ferociously. <laughs> also, I do love Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona, if you're listening, please send me 8 by 10s for free. I can't afford to give you money, but I wish I could. I do have a story in relation to this review real quick. When I was a teenager, fucking loved Kevin Smith, wanted to show everyone clerks and clerks to chasing Amy, all of it. The person who I lost my virginity to. Kevin Smith. uh, Yes, I wish. (laughs) Actually, no, because then he would be having sex with a 14 year old. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's when I lost my virginity. It was a summer day. I rented clerks and I was like, hey, so and so, let's watch this. I, I turn it on. And five, six minutes into it, she like pauses and she's like, is all of this in black and white? And I said, yeah, it's like because he didn't have like the it was budgetary reasons. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't do black and white movies. They're like too old. So I feel like K-Rad might be this person. You might have lost your virginity to (laughs) K-Rad. We don't know. We don't know. All right. And then the critic review, I couldn't find like of the time critic reviews for Godzilla, but uh, Mm -hmm. the director, Ishiro Honda, I pulled stuff of him talking about how critics were brutal to this movie in the beginning, saying they called it Mm -hmm. grotesque junk and said it looked like something you'd spit up. I felt sorry for my crew because they had worked so hard. The first film critics to appreciate Godzilla were those in the U.S., when Godzilla was released under Godzilla King of the Monsters, the critics said such things as, from the start, this film frankly depicts the horrors of the nuclear bombs. Yeah, it's a beautiful metaphor. And also a bagel, stanky lizard monster, which mm-hmm. is fucking great. And by these evaluations, the assessments began to impact critics in Japan and has changed their opinions over the years. There was another review on here that I was going to put down that was just like, don't watch it. It's just a big dinosaur. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, he's right. Yeah. It's a big old he's dinosaur. It's a truthful review. Yes. Oh, man. It makes me think of God Hand, a game I probably never play, I- but I. <laughs> I want Love to. God hands. So do I. But the I, the, the infamous IGN uh, review, where everyone's like, no, like it, like if you look you look back and it's like it's a it's very much a niche game, which is what it was trying to be. You know, it, it wasn't for everyone. It was a very steep learning curve, but it was fun and it was silly. And then IGN is just like, no, I don't get it. Fuck it. And then years later, they have to retract it because fuck IGN. I really want a Nietzsche game. It's just a game where like mm-hmm. some weird philosopher screaming God is dead. <laughs> I can hear him now. Uh, the game is Ubermensch 64 and you just have to fly through rings that mean nothing. 
Anyone else play Superman 64? Uh, no. no. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Did you say Supermensch? Well, well Nietzsche is Ubermensch, right? He wrote the Ubermensch. Is that, am I thinking oh, that up? okay. Yeah, that I and didn't pick up on. that joke was smart on. as hell, man. Yeah. Listen, all, all, you, was, all my Jeff hoes out there, you know me. My jokes are, they're not good. <laughs> They're not that funny, one, but they're smart as hell, that man. That one was very good. <laughs> I used to have a shirt. This is the only reason I knew about Nietzsche. It mm-hmm. was clearly a Christian shirt, but so many people in high school were offended by it. It was God is dead, accredited, in quotes, to Nietzsche. Then yeah. underneath it was Nietzsche is dead, accredited to God. <laughs> it's clearly a Christian shirt. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, 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 it's kind of like a fuck both these guys shirt to me. Oh, but it, but it could also be a Christian shirt. Mm-hmm. I see that. I don't know. Maybe I've been watching WWE for too long. But if there's competition, they just don't they don't acknowledge him. Oh, yeah. uh, famously, when TNA TNA came for WWE, they were just like, whatever. We're not paying attention to that shit. Like so, it's like like to me that so like that's the thing. Like if if that was a really pro God shirt, you know, you don't even talk about Nietzsche. You don't even give him. You don't even give it. You don't even give him space on your body. Yeah, man, um, but aces of spades, dude. Those fuckers rocked it. Am I aces right? Aces and eights. Yeah, that, you mean aces sorry. and eights. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> I don't watch wrestling. I just know through uh, osmosis. Okay, That's our fair. last Shout one. Out to Ring of Honor. You guys have all you almost a clean sweep, but you you guys are not getting exploited on the internet. Yay! But this one, if I get this right, I get Corey's skin. Correct? Okay. Yeah, we'll I do that. Uh, yes. No, wait. <laughs> Well, no, and if you get this right, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, like, whichever eye you want. You only get one of my eyes, but you get to choose. I want the right one. Damn it, that's my favorite. Will you be wearing Corey's skin? Or will I be, like, a purse? A lampshade? I didn't think it all the way through. I, didn't, I just knew I wanted that skin. Okay. I feel skin like... furniture always has a smell that people don't really think about. So here's the thing. I... <laughs> <laughs> because either way it's going to be bad if you wear his skin that i think would be pseudo blackface mm-hmm. and then if okay, yeah no, no you turn it into furniture that's some nazi shit pseudo blackface is my new band <laughs> <laughs> let's just get to this next question okay all right <laughs> this is a half a star by bedhead bernie They say, horrifying this film is, blank, I did not. Perhaps the crappiest, laziest idea for a horror film conceptually since Saw 2004. Intellectually, blank is the Deadpool surrogate for horror, and there is no greater crime against the genre than this film's success. If you need an actually good horror film to watch with fourth wall breaking tendencies, may I suggest Unfriended from 2014? Question. What's up? Is all the movies they name drop, is it this around the same year? Like, are we looking at like late, like late 20 teens? Absolutely not. I don't understand okay. like the 2004, like since that, like it, yeah. it came, I'll, I'll give you that. It came before Saw. Because I want to say... Based on the redacted you put in there is Scream. Ooh, Sean, you're getting Corey's skin. Yay. But none of you are exploited. Aw, now that I have it, I don't know what to do with it. Corey, do you want to keep your skin? I would, I kind of, I dig it. I got used to it. All right, Corey, you can keep your skin. What about his dry skin? 
tries like to. like he flakes it off and he like puts it in a little baggie. Ooh, what about my foreskin? Oh, yeah. I don't have that anymore. Ooh. Uh, wait, if you don't have it, how am I going to get it? Well, I well, it, it's like off, but like I still kept it. It's like my friend. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you didn't know where it is, Corey, you and me are starting a new podcast, The Hunt for Corey's Foreskin. Can I <laughs> overshare, and not for me, but for my mother? Oh, gosh, that's so much worse. Yes, please. <laughs> my mom once like was showing, I think, a, a girlfriend and I. Like, uh, like weird things about like, hey, this is James as a baby, this, that. And then she like pulls out this thing that, you know, like rubber bands that you put on braces. Oh, no. Like picture yeah. that, but like smaller. And she's like, you know what this is? And I'm like, we both go no. And she goes, this was the rubber thing that they put around the foreskin and then circumcise. My mom kept that. that. I Why don't do know. Why do you keep that? That feels... I feel like because she wanted to keep the foreskin and the doctors were like, absolutely not. No. So she's like, fine, next best thing. I'll take the rubber band. The foreskin was around. Disgusting. No. Speaking of disgusting, based on your opinions, we're talking big money hustlers. (laughs) Yes, we are. Before I get into trivia and reviews, hey, guys, initial thoughts. I was okay with this. I think you were more than okay based on messages you sent me. I just wanted to get, I just wanted, I was trying, okay, so I, I was trying to hype Corey up through the movie, uh, yeah. so I may have overhyped my my enjoyment of the movie. It's fine for what it is, which is like, yeah, like, I think if we, we'll go through it, like, bit by bit, I'll say this movie is exactly what I expected it to be, but for the most part, that's pretty good. I'm okay with, like, and, and again, the big thing is it's not... It doesn't feel like it's parodying, which would have been a mistake, mm-hmm. of exploitation films of the 70s. It felt much more like a love letter. Just, yeah. hey, this is our exploitation film. Corey? I don't think I know what an exploitation film is. Like Shaft uh, and... Uh... Let me get an actual definition, yeah. Cause expo- well, because it's weird, because like, technically, uh, uh, Good, Bad, the Ugly and Spaghetti Westerns yep. are also exploitation films. So let's get... Because it, it means a lot of things. Like normally we will go to the sort of uh, black cinema of the 70s, the Dolomites and the Shafts, mm-hmm. but also um, monster movies, like grindhouses, I think are sort Slasher of exploitation movies. films. Slasher movies, absolutely. Kung fu movies. A film intended to attract an audience by means of censorship or controversial content. Yeah. Sensationalist, that's what that word. Mm-hmm. Yep. Current trends, niche genres, or lurid content is uh, three things I also I have. Like Reefer Madness, I believe, was also in that subgenre. Uh, yes, Reefer Madness would be considered uh, exploitation based on the trends of uh, those Mary Jane cigarettes that were popular <laughs> back then. Thankfully, th- we've stomped them all out. Congratulations to the war on drugs. Uh, big shout out it. to the big shout out to the throat goat Nancy Reagan. Oh yeah, just came out. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Love it. A modern day exploitation film is a little one called The Inconvenient Truth. That's a document. I don't, can, can a documentary <laughs> be an exploitation film? I am absolutely lying. My Usually okay. my joke is my favorite horror movie is An Inconvenient Truth. <laughs> I don't know what that movie is. It's Al Gore's like very in-depth documentary about climate change that came out in like 2007 but no one it didn't make an impact on the people it should have made an impact on but it was hugely influential uh to human centipede well really oh okay 
Well, Lil Corey, what what did you think of the movie? Oh, this is the first movie that I was like, can I stop watching this now? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and every other album I have to listen to. <laughs> Man, the pendulum, I think we're just doing the comics because I was there are some very good songs on it, but there's psychopathic oh, yeah. rider songs on it. And I fucking maybe it's just me. I just hate mm-hmm. psychopathic riders, but we'll, we might call an audible next week and only review the comics and not the album, guys. So, Corey, uh, what, 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 I'm curious, Corey, uh, what, if you have any uh, uh, like specifics, like what was it about the movie that was just like hard to get through? What? Where the fuck do I start, man? I got like Ow. 20 minutes in and I was like, surely this is almost over, right? She <laughs> don't know. And I was disappointed you got an to hour find out I still had over an hour. <laughs> That's so weird. I actually thought it's weird. Like one of my favorite things about the movie was I thought it paced really well. It's only an hour and a half. No. But like, yeah, I they, thought the pacing was fine. They hang on to a joke for like 15 minutes, man. And yeah. Which, was, which joke? Wait, which joke? The boardroom? The boardroom. Yeah. The, I love the boardroom. No, 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 no. you kidding me? Rebrand and Willie G? For days, for days. I love that scene. If they we'll are talk just, about that scene. We'll talk about that scene. If they are just trying to set up that eight boy went to prison, just like tell us like, hey, where's eight boy at? He's supposed to just be here with our money. And then like, oh, we need to well, no, but it, also needs, it also needs to set up how big uh, 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 Violent is in this in this scene. And it wants to set up the world that they live in because it's not exactly New York City. Another thing I liked about that movie is that it's so specifically set in a juggalo world. Yeah. Like, like the fact that the fact that uh, Shaggy's character and Violent's character are just in cloud makeup and nobody acknowledges it is like very much like this is... Until this the is end. A, this is a very specific world. Until the... Well, no. They acknowledge that they can wipe it off, but nobody asks, like, hey, yeah. why are you in clown makeup? Like, nobody nobody cares. Everyone's just like, no, of course. Uh, like, so, like, that's... A, and that's the thing... Well, we should get to the boardroom scene, because you, you probably want... Do you want to do this scene by scene? Uh, yes, I we will. But first, I have trivia okay. and reviews. Okay. First... Like we said, July 18th, 2000, Big Money Hustlers was inspired by the video Big Ballers. Insane Clown Posse and Twisted had seen the movie and loved the video's low-budget comedy style, using the ideas that he, Joseph, that Violent J, Joseph Ulster, uh, just those four people we had just mentioned, they created these ideas, and then Violent J wrote the entire script himself in one month. Island Records gave him a quarter of a million dollars to produce the film. Big Money it's Hustlers. It's all coming together. That's, wow. That's impressive. That's hard to do. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. Uh, Big enough. Money Hustlers was shot in New York. Most of the crew disliked the movie and the cast. They went on strike twice while only a few crew members continued to work. The movie was shot in two months but went way over budget. Halfway through the movie, Violent J had to pay $100,000 of his own money to continue filming. Island never paid the crew for the two last weeks of work due to the film going so far over budget. Ayatsi unapproved, am I right, Sean? Do we have a final budget for the film? It would be $350,000. That's still pretty cheap to put out an hour and a half. I mean, it's obviously it's it, it feels very backyardy. I oh, be, yeah. You could probably you could you could shoot this for less or because uh, I didn't reckon I, did, I should have checked who the 
director was. The director has only directed this, another ICP thing, and then a documentary on the Ramones, I believe. Okay. Like, oh, also... Um, Shockumentary, maybe? Did the music videos for uh, the new fits, American Psycho and Dig Up Her Bones, off the American Psycho album. Hell yeah. But that explains that cameo. What was with the Misfits gang? I'm sorry, right? not to like... That was the actual... That wasn't a gang. That was that was the actual Misfits, yeah. I think. I have a oh. trivia on yeah, that. Yeah, that was the Misfits, which is like, what? Yo, but then fuck you- the Misfits. Okay, go ahead. Yo, fuck you, Corey. I have oh. trivia on them just shortly. The two members of the Jerky Boys appeared separately because they were unable to get along with each other during the filming. In contrast That's with the members beautiful. of the production who received the movie who received the movie negatively, Bruce gave bonuses to some cast and crew, including Mick Foley, Rudy Ray Moore, and Williams. Even though Jerry only only appeared from the Misfits, only appeared in a small cameo with the band The Misfits, he stuck around for the entire shoot. Jerry only son plays the altar boy in the opening scene. I wonder what's up. What I'm curious because I could go one of two ways: either Jesus Christ, Jerry, get the hell out of here, or thank God for Jerry only. These clowns are trying to kill us. Maybe like. Like, I would say, was he a force of good or for evil? I think he was just having fun and probably didn't have anything to do during that two month. Yeah, but I mean, but the thing is, like, you could tell they're having a lot of fun, but bringing up the crew, like, walking off twice, like, that's the thing, like, it's that fine line of, like, no, we want, clearly, the fi- we want the film to be fun, but also, we gotta get this thing out the door. Like, <laughs> there needs to be some amount of professionality and having Jerry only just hanging out eating crafty which should go to these i don't know if you've ever i don't the the reason we had the iotsi strike a while ago it's fuck those hours are brutal mm-hmm. like if you if, anyone, if anyone's out there has ever worked on a film or is like i wonder what it's like to be on a crew it's brutal um so like so that's the thing having someone like oh yeah i'm just hanging out having a good time while these guys have been up for the past 16 hours yeah because and, and have three hours to go if you ever hear actors say oh it was a 14 hour day i was there well an hour and a half before and an hour and a half after the the crew needs to also be there because when the actors get there ready to go guess what things need to be set up and broken down yeah like you know yep 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 all right so i'm very i'm very curious about jerry's presence on set in addition to playing Hack Benjamin, which I thought it was Pat Benjamin, which would have just been funny, Jump Steady also played several background characters. Violent J also appeared in a gorilla costume as Ape Boy. Jamie yeah. Madrox <laughs> recorded a dub for the character's voice. Although a production company was paid $8,000 to replace the original audio with the dub, they told the director they were unable to do it, and a decision was made to instead keep the original audio track with Violent J's voice just in the mask. And I think it works. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm also fine with it. Ape Boy has one of the best lines in the movie. Uh-huh. I'm in an ape suit. I don't give a fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's that energy I want to see. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go through some reviews real quick. This is a five star. No point in any other movie existing. Jasper says KJ gives it two stars and said, I really watched this in my AP stats class, huh? I don't Wait, understand what? that. Why Wait, would why? they show you that? 
that's a teacher who's who's been a juggalo for life and is tired of hiding it. Probably. It's like, hey, urinals are just OK. Gives it two and a half stars and liked it, saying I'm I'm down with the clown now. They seem to that's enjoy it. Weird. I'll say this. I don't know if this movie converts. I don't know if this movie would convert me to becoming a juggalo. I don't know how it could convert anyone. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, guys. Next review from Sham giving three and a half and their emoji is a or their icon is a monkey in a cool hat with like sunglasses on. So like many others, I've spent most of my life hating on the insane clown posse and the juggalos who love them. I've been pretty rude to several juggalos. But apparently, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> I've been pretty rude to several juggalos. Does this guy just see a juggalo in the supermarket and like, I don't know, gives him a flat tire on the back of their foot? What is this? No, this guy is 100 percent. I'm already calling it. This guy is a juggalo pretending to not be a juggalo. <laughs> no, no, no. This could be in an instance where they work with a juggalo kind of like me. And then people say like, oh, man, fuck juggalos. Aren't they just all drug addicts? And then I have to say, well, some of them are. And maybe, you know, don't make fun of drug addicts. But then you wipe then you wipe off your human uh, face paint and under it is some wicked clown paint. Oh, that yeah, would be don't cool. Make fun of juggalos that happen to be drug addicts for being drug addicts that's shit just make fun of them for being juggalos okay hold on <laughs> little Corey. okay can i keep going with the review yes but apparently they've always been super cool at least as far as their actions in the real world go i know i've been kind of petty in my judgment of other people's musical tastes but i've come to realize that rapping ghetto clowns is actually weird enough to be pretty funny I still can't do the music itself, of which there is some performed and played in the movie, but this movie has plenty of dumb, fun shit in it to be enjoyable. Hating on Juggalo seems lame now. There are actual bastards out there who deserve the hate. No, I think that's... I get that. <laughs> as as someone who had a, a rough time getting through Dark Lotus... Like, no, like, I actually... actually I, th I, thought the, I thought the soundtrack choices were really good. I really, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, the, oh my gosh, what's the, I'm sorry, I have to, I love you, but I have to kill you song. Bitches. Honestly, I don't remember all of it. It's with ODB <laughs> and ODB made it that. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, Sean, I need to keep going through reviews. Jesus Christ. How many did you pull up? Uh, because there were a lot that I either thought were funny or are relevant to this. And I'll, I'll get to another relevant All right, one. Cool. I thought we were creating content, but let's go to these reviews then. Savan gave it four and a half stars saying I was dragged kicking and screaming into this one. I didn't want to watch it. Wanted nothing to do with it. Had no interest. I am so, so glad I was made to watch it. This movie is a true gem, an homage of the black exploitation films of Rudy Ray Moore with a perfect, perfect cameo made by the man himself. This is a ridiculous, over-the-top romp that just works. I was shocked through the whole thing just how much i enjoyed it huzzah the last says i was me uh so, someone named denise says i haven't watched the godfather but i watched big money hustlers i'm really glad you took the time to read that review the, the one that we all had the comments on that you just plowed through just now what i'm really glad we took the time to read that review james i fucking hate you man Eric gives it one in, <laughs> gives it one star saying biggest disappointment 
Big Money Rustlers, which is the sequel to this that came out in like 2007. Are you reading a review for the wrong movie right now? No, no, no. We this need is for to this. get to this. Hold on, man. Oh Big gosh. Money Rustlers is so fucking funny. And going back to this is like going to live in the Stone Age. At least they rose above this to make a classic. So now I'm excited to watch Big Money Hustlers or Rustlers. Oh my God. I'm not going to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cowboy movie, baby. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into notes. I, I will. I need to grab my notes real quick. Oh, my gosh. Hey, hey Corey. Yeah. What's it going to take to get you back for Big Money Rustlers? You can't leave me alone with James. Uh, a lot of alcohol. I can. Okay. Uh, I know a truck guy. He can probably carry alcohol. Listen. You get him to just park the truck in front of my house. Just don't leave me alone with James. I'm begging you. Just hey, James, welcome, welcome back, back, buddy. Hey, what what's up, guys? Were you getting to know each other? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. We bonded. What were you guys bonding about? N- nothing Cakes. in particular. Cakes. Cakes. Whoa. The band that someone shamed me for never listening to because of this podcast. And a lot. <laughs> I can't go with this bit. I don't know any cake songs. <laughs> Jacket. Oh, God. I actually hate cake, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like cake. They're fine. I, I want to tell a quick story of the first time I ever watched this movie. How many segments do you have lined up for this episode? Well, generally, Lil Corey and I are like pretty deep into a movie. So uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the the thread here is one Sean Marciniak. Hey. There was this kid named <laughs> that was his rap name who lived near me. He was the only other juggalo in the high school I went to. Lil Corey has heard this and I wanted him to save it uh, in a Twitch clip. But he did not. Yeah, I'm calling him out, brothers. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, Corey. He says, hey, I have a copy of Big Money Hustlers. Do you want to come over and watch it? And I'm like, of course. I, I want to. I've never seen this before. And he's like, hey, my, my mom will be able to deep fry pizza rolls. Have you ever had those? I was like, I haven't had them deep fried. And he's like, you're going to love them. So I go there. It was a few days later, and he's there with his girlfriend at the time. And he's, like, showing me around his house. He had a closet that was haunted and then okay. went downstairs. That's The, the like, fact that this story is not about the haunted closet. I know. It's insane. That's how good this movie is. So we go downstairs into – it wasn't even a basement. It was like there was a garage underneath his house that was on a hill, and then there was just like a cinder block room underneath his house that I'm like, is this not – how is this not the haunted area of the household? And he's like – nobody yeah, the, died here yet. Yeah. And – Then he murdered you. No, 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 no. It okay. gets It gets weird. He's like, yeah, man, this is where I work out. He's like showing me his weights and stuff. And his girlfriend's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it flips. And they're like, yeah, you know, like, like pick up some weights. I was like, yeah. And they're like, you're fucking hot, dude. And I'm like, huh? Thank you, I guess. And they're like, hey, 
to like his girlfriend, they they were like, hey, so and so, you know, like will, will like give you a blowjob and like will watch. Maybe I shouldn't be saying his name. I am now realizing probably I, not. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <Maybe> just <laughs> bleep it out. Posts redactions. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And he's like, oh, all right, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, that's cool. And then. She's like, well, I'll show you my tits. And I'm like, I, I, I'm cool with that. It's not like we are both watching that. So shows me them. I'm like, that's gnarly, dude. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go upstairs and like deep fry stuff. And now like thinking back, this was a swinger situation of like, hey, we're going to get you over with like promise of pizza rolls, deep fried and big money big hustlers. Big money hustlers. Sure. And both were not uh, delivered upon because... You never watched it? No, no, no. Uh, there's more information. So he goes yeah. upstairs and she's like, so like I can... You want to make out? And I'm like, no, if he's not a part of this, I feel like that is then not part of an open relationship if he doesn't know. And I'm afraid because he thinks his closet is haunted. If he comes downstairs and sees me, he will take one of these weights and like beat me with them. Mm -hmm. So like she was like trying to like get up on me. I was like, nope, nope. So he comes downstairs and I'm like, I'm gl so glad we were not doing anything. And he goes, sorry, my mom didn't want to get out the deep fryer. So we're just going to have to have like pizza rolls in the oven. I'm like, that's fine. Go upstairs. He makes those. And we start watching Big Money Hustlers, except it was not a real copy of it. It was a bootlegged copy and on top of it being bootlegged copy, it was done in such a way that it had one of those like, let's say, avermedia.com water stamps right in the middle of the screen Ooh. in the Ugh. lowest like 140p quality. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. Meanwhile, they're they're just on the couch being like, we're not we were never supposed to watch the movie. We were, we were all going to swing. I was supposed to be throat deep in that penis right now. Yeah, deep in that, that penis peen. has just subscribed. And uh, <laughs> then I I left and went to my friend Cody Leiter's house afterwards, and I was like, I gotta tell you this crazy story, man. And he was like, Juggalos are crazy. Accurate statement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into this movie that yeah, I was hoping I would be like, yes, I finally get to see this in great quality. No, the aspect ratio of this and the print of this sucks. Yeah, it's not I great. I agree. Because yeah. it's it's widescreen and like the four by three ratio. And my guess mm. is just Island hasn't given psychopathic records the actual like film stock of it is would be probably my guess. Didn't keep it. I wouldn't be oh. surprised if it's just lost. Yeah, I'd hope lost not. media. I mean, if this is the price, I can't imagine they made money off of this movie. I even at three hundred fifty, like even at three hundred fifty k, I can't imagine they made money money off this movie. Oh no, I, I'm pretty sure they did. They, they did. Well, yeah, they have a, they have a very intense fan base. Yes, this is also true. Because I'm, I'm trying to think like there's no because there's no way it went to theaters. I don't I don't remember it being in theaters at all. Unless it's a, um, the, near in or near the gathering of the Juggalos, kind of like how G Fest, the Godzilla Festival, every mm -hmm. year when they do it, there's a movie theater somewhat near the convention center, and they have like a movie festival in a theater where it's like watching old Godzilla movies on film. It also could have released like the room, which played in a few theaters mm -hmm. for like two weeks. Yeah, and there's a big there's a big billboard with just two juggalos. 
Yeah. Yeah. And everyone drives by it every day going, what the fuck's coming? What the fuck's happening on Route 85 right now? <laughs> That's the thing. Instead of Hollywood, it's like somewhere in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> well, let's get into this movie, guys. Yeah. Uh, so how do you usually do this? Do you go scene by scene or just note by note? Uh, pretty much note by note, and we just jump in when we have some notes. So you you oh, yeah. kick it off, bro. I want to say, okay, so the first thing for me, if you're not a Juggalo fan, hope you need to be a Harlan Williams fan. Because I think Harlan Williams is mm-hmm. absolutely the crown jewel of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, and, that, and, but, but, and that's someone admitting, I enjoy Harlan Williams. That dude's fucking nuts. Like you really like he's a he's a comedian that you if you're not on board for you're very you're very off like you're either super on board or you're very against it. There's no like oh no I appreciate what he does like no it's either you it's a love or hate thing. I mean he's the Rocket Man and that's the thing and, and this movie screams Harlan like he kills it every scene he does. It's like Harlan Williams being the most extra Harlan Williams he can be. I think um, also Twisted does a very fantastic job. They have a a flawless comedic performance in a later scene, I think. Who's Twisted again? Which one did he play? The two people, Big Stank and Lil Poot. Oh. Um, yeah, no. sure. Uh, no, yeah. no, I think it, in specific scenes when it's just like, give him his Do money. Not. Like, I fucking hated those. But Lil Corey, you didn't see the interrogation scene. The interrogation I scene. I saw the interrogation well, And you scene didn't think here. they were great. Okay, let me That ta- was the most annoying shit I've ever watched. I'm kind of on court. I won't say it's the most annoying shit I've ever watched. But I don't think it's far. <laughs> I, I, they're just very, they're, they were very amateurish I uh, liked, as far as comedic actors. I liked when uh, one of the jerky boys as the chief goes, yeah, and tell us about the gold. And one of them goes, you know about the gold too? I That part. And then also uh, when it comes back to them for the final time, they're like, no more questions, please. We're too sad. I mean, the thing that fucked me on that scene, though, like at some point, the chief explicitly says, I'm getting nothing from these guys. They're literally giving you everything. Yeah, that's a joke. That's is it or is it just bad writing? No, that's the joke. Is it or is it just bad writing? I don't I can't tell is the right? thing with this movie. <laughs> it's either that or I was hoping that maybe we would then see that he's corrupt as well, but he never set like he never comes out as corrupt. I mean, if you wanted to do that joke, uh, because you don't want to lose too much of the forward of the uh, 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 of the of the suspension of disbelief, like they do it well. The, the fourth wall breaks. That one is just a plot hole. To do that joke well, they have to be giving up everything that's not related to big baby sweets. They have to be giving up. You know, here's my social security number, and here's my. They tell you everything except for anything useful to the case. Or they just don't know anything useful to the case, but that's but they're giving up Big Baby Sweets. They're telling they're telling the chiefs explicitly, we did it all because of Big Baby Sweets. They're giving him up, and he's and then the chief's like, I'm getting nothing. It's like no, that's the one thing you came here for. Yeah, because he he's inept. He's a police officer. Remember the ICP don't like cops. Yeah, but that doesn't come across in the film at all. Yes, it does. That he's inept. Oh, no, oh, really. oh! I thought you meant that no. they don't like cops. No, yeah, because everyone else, everyone else on the force is is corrupt and evil. We didn't. There's also I love the introduction of 
all the rest of the force is corrupt and then they're just some guy just throws a trash there's like yeah. three cops beating up a dude and they throw a trash can on him i it's like hardcore wrestling in the background shit. that yeah. was the high point of the movie yeah that, that was oh man uh, the, so uh, I, well at least at least from to my knowledge because full disclaimer to anyone listening i did not finish this movie yeah you missed the oh you missed the foley part which we'll get to when we're introduced to Harry Cox, Harlan Williams, and the so chief just cold cocks him and is like, I told you not to wear that fucking hat in here. I oh, laughed ooh. so hard at that. It was good. I think the thing that was the thing that really got me with Harlan Williams is that so everybody in the everybody in this movie talks like uh, background chatter in, a, in an ICP album. Everyone's calling each other. You cocksucker, you motherfucker. You got that ass blasting shit kick right so i think the thing that the thing i loved about it though is harlan williams it wouldn't work if there wasn't harlan williams character who he plays a very uh neppish nervous um they call him they call him a little bitch like the entire film and if but he also like the way he talks to the chief is the way everyone else talks to everyone at one point he's like yeah you yeah i don't i don't think that's such a good idea thunderfingers like, 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 like he calls him the same sort of like childish, but clever or at least inventive yeah. insults, but it's not in a mean way. It's not in a, I'm putting you down. It's no, this is how everybody in this world talks to each other. This is just the language we have. And it's weird because it, it, cause it's not unnatural. It does sound like, no, he's talked like that his whole life, but it's not in a, it's not in a me- pointed way. It's not even in a pushed or forced way. It's just how he talks. Despite being I, the nebbish, nervous Nelly that he is. I was too distracted by the fact that Sugar Bear, at, at first seemingly, rhymed whenever he sp- uh, spoke. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> and trying to brace myself for an entire movie of that joke. Yes, it does. There's a few scenes where he doesn't when he's defeated. That's what I was going to say, only to find out an hour later, later that when he thinks to himself, he does not rhyme. So he is aware that he rhymes and he oh, just yeah. chooses to rhyme whenever it's he a, speaks, which a is the most pretentious, irritating yeah. <laughs> thing that I've ever heard. No, no, that's that's not when he's just thinking. That's after he's defeated and he's like no, no longer no, a no, cop, no, no, right? No, it was before he was defeated. Oh, OK. Because when it's only when he's thinking. It's only when he's thinking to himself, which that. means whenever he's interacting with someone. He's mm-hmm. choosing to be an asshole. Well, yes. well Corey, <laughs> what you missed is yes. that he is a fraud. Like, he admits to embellishing no, his career. That. What, I, I what did you too. see and what didn't you see, little Corey? Right. I got up to the point where they're like, oh, they, they, they got the, the nervous cop. They got him. And, you know, you're... You gotta get back out there, sugar bean. Little and then Corey. I was like, I'm done. I don't bean? think I I don't think I I, I don't oh. think I wanna finish this movie. Oh, I thought you were like twenty minutes in and then you skipped to the last thirty. Oh. No. Oh, you were saying can I skip the last okay. And I was like, was Can great. I just be done? Okay, well, um. let's I do wanna say on Harlan Williams like speaking. When they're in Donut Hut, which I love that logo, I think they might have it on T-shirts. I don't know. But he's explaining like, yeah, this is one of the places you're going to have to learn to love. And if you don't, leave it. 
he's describing and giving names for donuts and i feel like they told him hey improv any names and we'll fix we'll like cut to scenes in post and it'll make sense and it doesn't like he's giving these yeah. names but showing not even things that could plausibly be what he is describing of donuts and i thought that was funny well i wish see and that's one of those things where um I'm a big believer that if it's going to be if it's going to be a purposefully so bad it's good, you need to execute it very cleanly. Is it you're either like it's either the room where it's trying and like I'm laughing, but there's passion behind it, and that's what I enjoy, or it's uh, and you know what? I'll, I'll I'll give credit uh, even though I didn't love it. Something like Psycho Gorman, um, where there are moments I'm praising the movie why are you giving me a thumbs down while i praise the movie <laughs> a good thing lil Corey, i think was there at that viewing so he he could defend the movie possibly i'm praising them i'm about to praise I the movie love psycho gorman okay that's all right go ahead <laughs> and the thing i think one of the th and the reason psycho gorman works is because even though they have these so cheap it's good moments it's all executed very cleanly um, the big thing the big thing about that donut scene that i wrote down is that and harlan williams is coming up with uh Great names. Uh, you know, you kind of get one of those uh, fruity fallopian tubes. That's one of the names of the donuts. He calls them. He calls it a fruity fallopian tube. And I, I love it. But so and, and all you have to do is cut to shots of donuts included in their shots are the name tags underneath yeah. the donuts with the actual honey glaze crawl, like just the actual not joke names and that's one of those. That's one of those moments where I'm like, you take it out. It, uh -huh. it, it take. Uh, you know what? And a better exa uh, another example of a really clean, bad executed movie, even better than Gorman. For specifically, what I'm talking about, we mentioned it earlier. Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite is a very cleanly executed movie where love all those Black little. Dynamite. I love. Uh, me too. Never <laughs> seen it. Oh, it's so good. I'll check it it's, out. I will say. If I had to rank them, I mean, and it's understandable. I think Black Dynamite ranks higher than this one in love letters to black exploitation films of the 70s. It 100% does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's really no question. Yeah. So you can like both. You can like both, but mm, you, you should see Black Dynamite. Uh, but the thing, because the reason it does, all, the, all those like, oh, we missed up a take or all those like, oh, we left a mistake in. It's so it's so clearly like meant to be that way. Where like this one, they'll. I think my least favorite thing uh, in those. Well, it's a com. It's it's a comedy so bad it's good. Is you'll see these like. Well, no, we can just leave it in because it's a comedy or because it's a parody, and it's like that doesn't that doesn't work. That just feels, and because it feels lazy. Like I I just yeah. get I I get that whiff of laziness that's not fun anymore. Where again like. Like the dynamite, the, the the black dynamite scene where uh, their two two characters are fighting and one of them accidentally hits the other one too hard, and like you see you see the guy he's, like, he's just like a stunt like a stuntman extra who's just supposed to die in this scene, and he see he gets hit he's like what, god damn it, and then they really quick cut away and they clearly replace the actor, like that's a, mm -hmm. like that's a very and you have to like you have to execute that especially in the editing room but you have to execute that very cleanly. You have to like the actor even has to very cleanly break character, quote unquote, and then become the real actor so that we believe that he had he actually broke character and was about to go off on this other guy. And that's why they cut it. And that's why they replaced him. Like, that's a very cleanly executed flub that, again, like if you're going to and Harlan Williams is giving them gold, like he's like like he's giving them 
awesome fake names because that's something he does very well. Harlan Williams has a very, a very, very left field sense of humor. I think that's his biggest strength is just like how much random shit can this dude go off on and how quick because he does it very he does it very quick. So like he's yeah, my guess is budgetary restraints. But if they were trying to like do something a little funnier instead of showing donuts, they should have like shown a bunch of people like as he's describing it, like visibly getting horny and like putting their hands down their pants, just like different cops there getting turned mm. on by the names of donuts. Or, yeah. Or you could even do, honestly, I think you could even do less. I Because I really enjoyed what Harlan Williams is doing, I don't want to add too much onto it. I just want Harlan Williams' names and then glory shots of just the donuts. No name tags under it. Like, it could have... Like, that's, That's all you thing. had to do. I think this is a real donut shop, and if so, they would have had to take the time, you know, either getting tape that's the same color as a tag or, like, unscrewing the tags and taking them off. Well, no, and what I'm saying is you don't even need the tag. No tags. Just zoom just up. Shots of, just shots of donuts. Maybe you just buy a box of donuts and you just get B-roll of just the donuts. That's all you needed. Um, you just... All you needed Rather to do was not showing the donuts with their real names at a yes. yeah. poor angle. Yeah. Well, yeah. I brought this up as just a quick aside, but we have spent five minutes talking about the list of donuts. Well, so let, let's, let's I mean, keep. Uh, what, what's your next note? What's your next note? <laughs> We've been talking too long about this. Someone else take this away. Well, no, but I think that's indicative of the film as a whole is like some things they get really well. And then they just will miss like one or two moments. Let's see where I'm at. I enjoyed the Shaggy rhymes with, I, I think Shaggy rhyming was so he memorized his lines easier. Probably. It's a lot easier to memorize a uh, rhyming structure. His, I loved his acting style, which was just move head up and down in a smooth nod of approval. Hell yeah. <laughs> which he eventually got. There's so, for some reason, the first shot of the movie, they have a, a close up of his face in the funeral. And it looks like either they didn't know they were filming or they taped a piece of candy to the camera to keep his attention. Yeah, because his eyes kept like going like, huh? huh? Yeah, huh? like it's eventually he gets there. Eventually he gets a smooth neck motion, but it, it takes him a minute to get there. Well, let's talk. You know what? I don't think we have time for this question. Real quick. Because uh, the ape has a line. I mentioned it before. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite. What, and that's the thing. The movie is like just has a lot of like enjoyable one lines. Yeah. The while they're in the donut shop, a man comes in dressed in a gorilla costume uh, and he, with a gun. He's going to rob the place and he screams, I'm in a nape suit. I don't give a fuck. And that's the kind of energy I want in my day. So, guys, wait, hey, gang, what's what's your power suit? What's What do you wear to make you feel like you just don't give a fuck? I'll tell you right now, it's my favorite pair of pants. Unfortunately, the zipper doesn't work, so it's very awkward. But it's a great pair of pants. I, I literally, I was going to give a meme answer, but I think my I don't give a fuck outfit is uh, uh, a pullover hoodie and some sweatpants. I have actually legitimately said the line, who am I trying to impress today whenever <laughs> whenever I exit the house in that. Hell yes. <laughs> Mine's like not eating for a day, so I feel confident in my own skin. Okay. No. That's no, I, I, no. Crippling no. dysmorph, baby. No, you no. gotta eat, buddy. Uh-uh. Because then, then my stomach starts shrinking like the actual inside stomach does, and I'm like, whoa, no. I don't feel no. bloated. No. 
no, 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 no. You need nutrition. Running for no. two miles a day. I got I got to go like, oh, I, but this well, year's the year good. I finally get cum gutters, guys. But no. but you're gonna need no. food to, to to power that mm-hmm. activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and then I'll start mm-hmm. eating little by little to to, to say like, oh, okay, my body's used to running on a little bit, so now I I go go go, and then it's like, okay, all right. And then you do a cheat day, you're back to nothing, and then it's like, where'd the little bit of food go? I guess we got to start burning this fat again. And then I say, psych, baby. That was a cheat no, day. You, you no. need the caloric intake. Those yeah. calories are important. No, I just, I've got an IV in my vein. Dieting is not about not eating. It's just about eating good for your body. Diet is just die with a T tagged on. Am I right, Garfield fans? No. no. <laughs> This is a sad bit. So the next, uh, the next scene. What's a sad bit? The part where, the part where I talk, where I talk positively about my body dysmorphia. No, No, wait, wait, real, real quick. Um, Speaking of, this movie can't decide whether it's body positive or not. Yeah, yeah. I have an exact line. Which is also an ICP thing. Which is, I think ICP, as a general note, can't decide if it's body positive or not. They, they. Spent like a good moment just one being body positive and then immediately entered the kaiju noises. Right. Which is, again, so on brand and for a lot of ICP. We, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get into this podcast was how socially progressive uh, the liner notes for their first ad- album was, which is ab- it's absolutely like we're, t- you know, t- don't. It's, it's, it's not us versus us, it's us versus them, them being the wealthy, them being those that control, that are trying to dismantle the middle class uh, and keep all the wealth to themselves. I'm like, that's great. And then, you know, two seconds later, it's like, oh, by the way, anyone who doesn't want to sleep with us in high school are stupid bitches and I hate them. And I'm like, no, no, well, hold no. on now. No. <laughs> it's like, it's, and, and it's such a common, and it's, and you look at it, it's like, it's very 2000s, you know, it's sense of humor early early 2000s late 90s fart sound everything's dumb so we'll be dumber sort of sense of humor about things yeah yeah i wrote down it's not a celebration of body positivity if the jokes are around the woman's size yes yeah and, and it's weird it's like no but we love fat bitches it's like well it's like do, do you worry are you Fetishizing, fetishizing fat yeah. bitches. That's what, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. This whole thing seemed more like a fetishization rather than a actual body positive. What, what am I trying message. to say? Yeah, body yeah. positive message. Yeah, and it's one. Yeah, I I think I agree. I and I think I mean no. You can look at it. It's pretty much there. Um, it's those. It's that weird. Like I, I, part of me thinks they thought that's what they were doing, but like something about being something about being so self released and self contained that you know. They are. They at the, and it's at this point. No, they're still in island, right? Yes, yeah. this was funded by island. They're they're still at island, but outside of you know uh, looking up to corporate people, there's not a lot of people in their camp that aren't directly you know under them or like like, like it's pretty. ICP is pretty self-contained. Yes, uh, it is look, a family affair. So like you don't. So like you miss a lot of things where it's like there's no one there to be like to to tell them you're fetishizing overweight people not celebrating them yeah and i think a lot of a lot of the complaints we would have could be addressed if they had someone on the outside sort of being like you know or if they had a few people on the outside that weren't in the family but Mm -hmm. were just like affiliated or just friends yeah um it's 
shoot, it's the Chris Rock uh, top five uh, monologue. I think it's the top five. He, he's talking about DMX. It's either top five or it's just a radio spot. I don't know. But Chris Rock talked about DMX and it's kind of like he has this whole no new friends attitude. And it's like, well, that's why you kept getting into shit is because you kept the same people around you. And they all ended up kind of being yes, man, because you were so huge. You were so successful that you didn't have you you didn't have anyone outside of the eye of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. So it was so while it was apparent to everyone else what was happening, you could of course you couldn't see it. You were too involved. It's it's wise. Authors are great, and sometimes you get these amazing writer directors. But sometimes the best thing a writer can do is hand a script to a director, so they can see all the, all those missing pieces. Um, that's a huge that that can be hugely beneficial. I've never met an auteur director that I enjoyed their films. Ugh. David Lynch, get the fuck out of here, Mr. Kubrick. Ha <laughs> you bitch. More like it. Got him. Well done, Kubrick. You'll feel that one. <laughs> uh, I was going to say my big guy is Wes Anderson who I, I do love Wes Anderson but Wes Anderson's also very collaborative like any, like the people who work on Wes Anderson films always speak on him very he has a vision but he's not so lost in his vision he's he's prepared to collaborate a move it's just that he has a very clear vision and most people kind of get there and jump on board because he's so direct but yeah what's up babe hey Sean who am I I was being I Wes Anderson zooming in real fast on someone's face. Oh, okay. A bit for that's, only us because it's uh, visual. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Gonna, that's going <laughs> to translate real well on the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's talk about the, we should yes. talk about the next uh, the next big scene because uh, we talked about you guys. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, y'all did not. I The introduction to the gang leaders, the uh, boardroom scene. Well, the, I do want to quick give like some of my favorite okay. things that are related to that, and then we'll get into that. Uh, okay. I really thought it was funny them drinking the forties with crazy straws. Sure, oh, sure. Th- uh, they they <laughs> said, man, they whip out a tray of cocaine and they say, man, this is that premium Detroit shit. And I was like, sir, there are three things that you get premium from Detroit, and that is music, automobiles. And pizza. Those are the only premium things you can find in Detroit. Barely pizza. Yeah, I think a Detroit <laughs> style. I, okay, we. I said it last week. I mean, it's no Buffalo style pizza, but I guess it'll do. Any specific regional pizza that has made it outside of that region is good pizza. If you're like, mm-hmm. I've never heard of Saginaw pizza. Well, yeah, it's probably like. It's not good enough to go outside of its area. Any yeah, pizza is premium pizza, baby. I mean, and Detroit pizza being so desperately, trying so desperately hard to be Buffalo pizza, I get it's fine for that I reason. Don't, what's Buffalo pizza? It's what D- Detroit pizza wishes it was. Okay, and uh, Griselda <laughs> wishes it were D12, baby. It's Griselda. <laughs> and-, and a D12 wishes it was a D20. D&D joke. <laughs> and the Bills wish they were a winning team, baby. Uh, yeah, the Bills yeah. wish they were the Lions. Well, nobody what? wishes they were the Lions, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Here's the thing. Bills are... I don't disagree. Bills wish they were a winning team. These fucking trash fire of but the, the Bills are at least... franchise. But they're not the Detroit Lions, yeah, at least. The Lions yeah. suck. Uh, yeah. Hey, Red Wings are doing fine, though. They are, They think, usually do yeah. fine. Red Wings are great. Yeah. Well, usually. I mean, usually. If they usually. used to be a good team. <laughs> <laughs> 
barely make it to the playoffs. <laughs> Shouts out to Dominic Hasek. Won his ring on, in the Red Wings. My sixth grade teacher's son is on, the, or I think is still on the Red Wings. Abdicator? Yeah, I, I'm actually super behind on hockey. I don't get to I watch like Abdicator's I used to. Abdicator's not there anymore. Okay, Aww. well, he was there and it, it was a big point of pride in Reese Puffer. Yay. Well, here's the thing. He might still be there because we don't ever change out the fucking team. Okay, Boom. sorry. That's fine. That's it. I think I'm, That's it. I'm done talking hockey, okay? <laughs> We're here to talk about a movie I don't like. I, <laughs> one thing that Har- – wait, I, I forgot about this. Harlan Williams yeah. says, like, as a dig to the chief, he says, oh, you and your yeasty esophagus. I thought that was I fucking written down. I thought that was amazing. It was – oh, my gosh. Wait, where did I have that written down? I was daydreaming. Not just like you and your. It was why why didn't you do something something? Oh, I was daydreaming about your yeasty esophagus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, and it goes back to that thing where it's kind of like a like it is an insult, but it doesn't sound it doesn't sound unnatural, and it doesn't even sound super pointed. It just sounds like that's how that's how everyone in this world communicates is through insult and like odd ones. It's through uh, yeah, razzing, see, baby. And just and again, like that's why I'm I'm so glad they found Harlan Williams because, again, that's what he does so well. He's very, very, very left field, but very quick about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you it, uh, if you, if you sat through the credits and you see some of the outtakes, some of the things he's just coming up with, it's like yeah, no, I, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Just how how strange he'll put words together and make it and make it a cohesive sentence, but just cohesive enough. Good thing he's funny because he didn't smoke weed, so I guess he's only half fake. Am I right? Ooh, All right, got it. We'll get into the uh, <laughs> the the this boardroom setting. Uh, we're introduced to Pat, or I th- say Pat Benjamin, but Hack Benjamin, who's a personal ninja, but looks nothing like a ninja. He looks like a Fallout character. Yeah, I also. <laughs> I had written. I think all of the all of this movie's budget went to this went to this costume. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, it's, it looks fun. They probably hot take. Uh, this is where you get someone like a Kane Hodder, or like a, basically a body actor, some sort like either either a stunt man or just someone who's very because he doesn't have any lines, he doesn't have any facials, so there's no real fan service. But he needs to stand there and create a presence. I think because who was it? It was someone. Jump steady. He is Violent J's brother and also has been on songs and did a couple albums on Psychopathic. I, I mean, I wonder if you could have found Jump Like, I think Jump Steady being one of the board members would have been fine to better. Um, well, he, like, was, he, he was a lot of other people. He was the priest in the beginning and many other characters in the background because oh. th- this was like a mighty Boosh affair, if you will, where all of the people were just their family members. And th- because of budgetary restraints, they had to be like, hey, jump steady. You're doubling up on everything. Like, yeah, you probably couldn't afford yeah. Kane Hodder, but you could have found the next Kane Hodder. You could have found the next like s- stunt guy that has a great physical presence. Well, no, they did. I thought they found Jump Steady. No, but they had one on set with the body double when after oh. Shaggy has sex and he stands up and they w- see a naked man walk out the door. It's a completely yeah. different, like a jacked ass dude. Which is a fun bit. I can't. Other movies have done that bit since. It's a great bit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Let's get it. Let's get into this boardroom set, scene. I thought it was cool. I liked it. I, I, and, again, I, and I think I said my, my piece on it before. 
they need, because this isn't New York City, this is the Juggalos concept of New York City. They have to introduce that. So here are all the, here are all the sort of, Le- you know, crime crime leaders. Yes, and we, here are they. For 15 minutes. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm down with it. Way I too long. I was down with it every minute. Ah. Oh. We got Green Willie. He sells fake gold jewelry. We have a son. He's an infomercial person. Uh, fat Titty Kitty. She has premium fat titties and employs 991 sex workers. Bootleg Greg, who is played by Rewind. Rerun. Rerun, I apologize. And then... Who's also wearing, by the way, also is wearing the rerun suspenders. <laughs> I love that. And then <laughs> we also have Father Duckett. He operates 45 churches and gets that shit, baby. Gets one line in the entire movie, crushes it on the facials. Oh, I thought man. his facial reactions were great. Yeah, because he's like, let me say a prayer first. And then he says, they go, yeah, go ahead. And then our father, shoot that yeah, yeah. priest in the chest, baby. It's like, it's literally the only line. It comes like past the hour mark. And the movie's only an hour half. Um, but like in this, so in this scene, he has no lines. He just reacts to everything. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was great. Um, I thought I thought rerun was great because they have a bit with Re, uh, uh, Shaggy's like, you know, going down the list and like kind of introducing them to each other. And he goes, rerun. Uh, uh, I mean, bootleg Craig. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it's just like, just a very, very much acknowledging, like, can you believe we got rerun to be in this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cool, but that could have been, that could have been jump steady. And then you could have gotten, you could have paid someone to be your large menacing ninja. Yes, because but the large yeah. menacing ninja is in multiple scenes. That's the but, issue of like. But, the thing, it, but you're not getting a name for that. You're getting. You're just. Pay, you're just. You're just getting. You're getting someone. This would be their shot. This would be a break for them. I don't know, like, man. I not, liked Jump Steady in that. As a fan of the Chaos Theory EP, man, I want Jump Steady in everything. He's got a nice voice, nice cadence when he raps. He oh, doesn't man. speak. He doesn't speak in the suit. Well, hey, man, how he shoots <laughs> that gun at the end, it's real cool. And how his head fucking explodes, gnarly as hell. But let's get into yeah. the strip. The strip club scene. My one note for this is seeing someone swish Fago or any soda in their mouth makes my already thin enamel pained. I'm like, oh, same. Oh, I don't know. I, I I wasn't I wasn't born with fucking weak ass teeth. So I wasn't I born with it. Uh, people said, hey, you need to brush <laughs> your teeth like each tooth like. 12 seconds and I just wore the enamel down because I needed to be clean and uh, now I have terrible enamel. I kind of there's no reason for Violent J to be at the strip club is there? Violent J is not at the strip club. Oh not sorry Shaggy Okay, there's good. no reason for Shaggy to be sure at the you know. uh, there's no reason for Shaggy to be at the strip club is there? It's exploitation baby. Yeah that, that's it I just I kind of like this like and now he's at the strip club. Why? I don't know he wanted to see some titties Leave him alone. I did like how... There's no narrative reason. This bartender is like, the man down there would like to buy you a slice. That dude's acting was great. Yo, also the fact that the... He doesn't know... He's like, excuse me, excuse me, lady. Excuse me, ma'am. He doesn't know her name. She's one of your... She's your star dancer. Maybe he's just being polite. Why don't you know her name? That's not polite. Polite, you can use someone's name. No, That's maybe she thing. says, you call me ma'am. You are an underling, Mr. Bartender. No, he doesn't say ma'am. I'm sorry. He's Because I, I have it written down. 
Hey there, pretty lady. Okay, that's nice. That's not. If that's you not see polite. a pretty lady and you say, it's "Oh, hey, pretty lady," that's not polite. And then that's she cat says, "That's how I'm you can't call." Polite. That is Guess a cat what? call. I'm giving James. you a compliment. Thank you, Corey. Over Thank you, Corey. Here. What are you doing? Jane. James, you cut out the entire time, but I'm pretty sure you said bullshit, so it's fine. I did, I did. Okay, great. Uh, so, yeah, like that, that whole, I don't know. I do, we find out later, I guess, why he wouldn't know her name. Because he's like the Q of the crew. He, and he was great. I enjoyed that actor. He shows up a lot. He's fun. Yeah. So the, the next scene we see the like gang just doing horrendous shit, like Violent J and Twisted. And the first thing we see is... They pull up in like an SUV in just a suburban area. They pull out guns and then it's like stock footage of like small deer. And they say, shoot the motherfucker. And then they just start unloading clips into deer that are like running away. It was fantastic. This entire they all three, because uh, they do three quick cuts. That was fantastic. Willie G, who, and we didn't talk much about Willie G. Um, he's uh, he's wearing large gold chains. His entire outfit's gold. He's got two very large gold rings because this, this is what he does. He's gold. And he can't, every time he steps, he clanks. Mm-hmm. So the crime they have, and the whole idea is that uh, they heard about this new super cop, Sugar Bear, played by Shaggy Two Dope. And they're like, oh, we, we have to we have to teach the city a lesson. They bring in a super cop. We're going to do some super crimes. And so they do that. They The, the montage is that they murder Bambi, uh, twisted, and, twisted and violent murder Bambi. And then Willie G is hiding. A woman walks out of her apartment. He's hiding in the tr- behind some trash cans and he tiptoes sneaks like a Scooby Doo villain. Hell yeah. But you can hear him from three miles away. <laughs> Because everything clanks and he just like rips off a necklace and then runs down the street. Like as if, compared to everything else that happens, the next crime is the uh, garden. Then the garden ninja takes a bazooka to a hospital. Yeah. And so it's just like we murder woodland creatures. We blow up a hospital. Willie G hid behind some trash cans and stole a necklace. We're murderers. We're crazy. It would have been so funny or like surreal if like it had been one of the two towers. Oh God, too soon. Well, it, it, that would have well, been listen, crazy. Yeah, but literally, that would have been like some yet. incredible foresight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Beyblade did it, guys. Beyblade did do that. Beyblade did it. Um, and then meanwhile, while all that crime's going down, Shaggy's just fucking. Hell yeah. And some of the I wrote down. This is an Oscar scene, please, easy Oscar, because he doesn't. They're trying to like zoom the camera. It's very hard to watch. Admittedly, this is like one of those like probably there's probably a clean way to do this shot. And it's not this. It wasn't clean in my pants after this scene. I'll tell you that. You'll come after a, st- a stiff breeze, James. Ooh, it's not impressive. If the stiff breeze is smelling of uh, sweaty mm-hmm. keys that have been left in your pocket for a while, then yeah, guys. That's a specific fetish. Uh, uh, no, that's what vagina smells like. Does it? I- yeah, true? it has like an irony no. smell, at least like a, a clean, like if you hold okay. keys in your pocket and like kind of have your hands in there and then like pull them out and smell your keys, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's what vagina smells like. I'll go out, smell a vagina, let you know, I'll uh, come back with my results next week. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, but the thing, no, the the way, so the, otherwise I would say like cut, cut this just because you're not getting, you're not getting the shot in a way that doesn't make the viewer nauseous. Uh, I don't, I was fine, but I know people who do get motion sick from like shaky cam stuff 
and that was a little too much. But sex makes you uh, nauseous, right? Uh, Corey? What, sex? Yeah. Uh, I, I've had that before. Because, like, you're just getting punched <laughs> in the gut and shit. Yeah, you wouldn't know about sex. You just slap the boobs around, then you stick it in and pee. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, I do. The the one thing about this scene I wanted to say was uh, Shaggy's violent neck convulsions when he fucks is amazing. It's hot. It's like it was. It was just so like. So we'll zoom, zoom the camera in and out, and you just look like you're having sex. It's like no, I'll zoom my neck in and out too. It's like no, no. What? It. We need the camera to zoom in and out so we can see. It, yeah, and then I'll zoom my neck in and out so me and the camera are doing the same. He's like, we don't... You do whatever you want, bud. And that's, explo- <laughs> that's, that's exploitation filmmaking, dude. But we then are th- sent to Big Baby's exterior, which looks a lot like... I think it's the Excalibur downtown. Is that well, what that bar is called? Maybe. There's one thing before that. What's up? Uh, before we get to the exterior, we have a call. Uh, Harry Cox, Harlan Williams calls uh sugar bear to tell him to go go over to, yes. to tell him what's happening hey uh big baby's tearing up the city you gotta do something and the reason i want to talk about that is because it's just one note i could watch just harlan williams side of that co- conversation for 45 minutes that was amazing i thought he crushed that because that's also the scene where after after uh shaggy hangs up he's just like ah, i should have told him i loved him I should have told him I cared. Oh, what have I done? And he's just like, honk. And then he starts honking his uh, police car. Honk, honk for, for Sugar him. Bear. Honk, honk for, for Sugar. Honk for Sugar, you motherfuckers. It's, it's great. It's perfect. Again, Harlan Williams steal. Harlan Williams is the, for me, is the reason this movie works. Yeah. If this movie works. Oh, wait, Corey, did you have something? No, no. I was just going to disagree on it working. <laughs> no, do it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, totally. Uh, this is this, what this, this, this podcast is for. I disagree with James all the time. <laughs> I, um, I, Harlan Williams, I think, you know, made made this make. What, what, what's it, what's in the apt comparison? I didn't immediately up Chuck because of Harlan Williams. Mm-hmm. He was a good like. Maybe you drank too much. Um, Harlan Williams was a nice bottle of Tums. Yes. Okay, I get that. <laughs> I'm not. I, I think that's fair. But Shaggy goes and he's ready to pick the lock of the front door, notices it's open. So he closes it, then picks the lock, goes in. That was that was smooth. Yeah. That as far as those like those moments of the movie being cheap on purpose and being executed cleanly. I mean, and it was, a, it, you know, it was a one shot, but I thought that was very that was a smooth execution of that fourth wall break. I think I had something before even to backtrack back to the boardroom scene because uh, uh, Violent breaks the fourth wall twice. Um, the first time where he's like, yeah, no other movie gives you titties. Like something like we, we, we'll give you the hookup. I thought that was smooth. I Those thought that was are way too big. Uh, that was the point, though. Too uh, big. That's the point. I'm though. so glad that uh, pornography especially has like gone into like, hey, we can have natural sized that's- breasts. That's not what we're talking about. Well, at all. It's fine if we do. Okay. What's the, okay. What's your other fourth wall breaking? Well, in the, cause it, in the same scene, he comes back and it's just like Oscar moment. And I'm like, that was where you went over too overhanded. And like, that's the thing. You go back to black dynamite, uh, where they don't, the way they acknowledge their mistakes is not like a big grin and wink to the camera. You have to do it just a little bit. You have to undersell it. So that's why I, that door scene I think was perfect. 
mm-hmm. of him just like the door's already open. Ah, shit. Close the door, pick the lock, open the door. Like that's how that's how you do it if you want to make those kind of jokes in this movie. Uh, is to be is is to almost, you want them to be throwaways because they don't exist necessarily in the canon. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it, and, it, and again it's very it's it's very you have to be very specific with those executions because if you do it overhanded, like if you do it loose, if you're kind of like whatever with with those fourth wall breaks or those cheap moments, then it's gonna it's gonna be ham handed and it's not gonna it's not gonna be funny. It's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little begging for the laugh. And you really want you really want to undercut specifically that stuff. And I thought that was great. So then we see Violent J and Jamie Madrox. They're in bed eating potato chips. I was like, man, that's just two buds in bed. That's nice. Shaggy comes in. And he's like, I got you, motherfuckers. I'm bringing you in. And then Monoxide comes in with baby oil. He's like, I got the baby oil. And I was like, this might be a very progressive scene, but I don't know if it is. I would venture it's not. Uh, yeah, because uh, the whole thing is that it's a punchline, right? Okay. Yeah. But unless it's like, hey, w- like I'm going to like massage your feet because like friends, that's just like something friends can do. But I'm guessing that wasn't it. I was getting, has everyone here seen Tiger King? No. The- no, I refuse to watch it. That's fair. <laughs> there are t- one of the big storylines that goes on through that is how he grabs two gentle. He has two boyfriends. Uh, he's polyamorous, and it kind of comes out like later that like, no, I wasn't. No, I was never gay. I was just gay for meth, and he gave me a bunch of meth. So you know, that's why I agreed to marry this dude. I forgot they're not. They, I don't think they're dating. I think they. He gets married to both of them. Nice. Yeah, but like that was kind of the interaction I'm getting here. It's like an early form of like. Oh, these two kids aren't necessarily gay, but he's buying them everything, so they agree to be in a relationship with him. Which I'm sure Tiger King wasn't the first time that happened, especially like in small room. Like I'm, that could have been based on a real thing, uh, like a real situation they grew up with. Yeah, but it was still played as a punchline or played as a gay villain trope, which isn't necessarily progressive. I love Jafar, but like it's, I wouldn't call Jafar progressive. Wait, Jafar is coded. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, Jafar is hella coded. I know the king in uh, the furry Robin, not Robin Williams, Robin Hood. Uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> Ooh, hey, got to steal from the rich, give to the poor. Yeah, Ooh. baby. You love love Robin, <laughs> Robin Williams of Hood. Okay, the interrogation scene we already talked about, unless you have more notes on. Uh, Sweet. I had something. Oh, I want to jump to the scene right after it with Har- Harlan Williams again, because I want to talk about Harlan Williams forever. All right. Harlan Williams comes in after uh, he sees uh, Shaggy and the chief have failed their interrogations. And he's just, if we don't stop them now, they'll take more community lives. And they don't do a close up. Instead, Harlan Williams, they change the lighting changes very dramatically. It goes all red and dark. Spotlight on him. And then he steps forward. They ran out of budget to zoom the camera, I'm guessing. So he just has to step forward and it's just his eyes and He's giving so much face. He's giving he's giving nothing but eyes and aggressive facial twitches and reactions. And again, this man is perfect. This man is a national treasure. I took that more as like in Hamilton when Hamilton's about to die and he like the it, the lights cut around everyone else spotlight on him. And then he's giving his inner monologue and who rise up, you know, that stuff. Uh, I took Hamilton. that as that. Why would you? 
bring it into this mess. <laughs> or like in Hamlet, maybe Hamlet, when he's like, to be or not to be, like in it, like uh, there's just sure, like a spotlight on him. A soliloquy. Uh, the, difference, the, the difference between a monologue and a soliloquy, what up, y'all? I, I, I heard of Shakespeare before. Uh, a monologue is uh, one character speaking, but the other characters on stage can hear it. A soliloquy is, for instance, to be or not to be. It's an aside sometimes they'll the actor will like not the character will acknowledge there's an audience but no other character on stage can hear them it is their inner thoughts i think he was i think they heard him the other two characters okay so i i have to i'd have to go back and rewatch but i think because i think he was directing it at them i think they could hear him okay he was breaking the fourth wall. That's why I thought maybe it's a soliloquy. How I got something for you. A silent sure. but deadly queef would be called a soliloquy because like the person doing it knows what's happening, but other people don't hear it. That was Cor good. Yep. I like okay. it, James. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. A soliloquy. <laughs> uh, I want to know who owns the Hanna-Barbera sound effects library. Like, is that something you license out to studios or is it royalty free now, public domain? Because they use that in yeah. this. So I just. Well, I think they use that well, too. I enjoyed those. The, all the cartoon sound effects. But like, yeah, that's a good question. So during this, like, they're like, man, this dude's fucking with my money. And like, Violent Jay's like giving this whole spiel to everyone in the boardroom. And he goes, man, you all need to show me respect. Then Jamie Madrock just screams, yeah, rub the man's butt. And that, I thought that was a very funny line. I hate how that man is using that term every single time he opens his mouth. What, what? Faku? The whole... I feel like every time he talks, it's not like 98% time, 98% of his lines are all about how someone is either messing with his money oh, yeah. or how he loves the money or how he has to get more money. Oh, God, I sound like an 80s fucking white newscaster. <laughs> Wait, how so? Because like uh, like uh, or like a uh, no, not an 80s a 90s white newscaster talking about the N.W.A album oh. <laughs> but i think in a, in a movie like this too you don't want i i forget the, i forget the philosopher uh who talks about it one of the things you lose when you have a very three-dimensional character you when you have when you put a lot of layers on a character you lose a a, a, a certain directness you lose the direct appeal like if a character has all these layers and all these intentions and all these emotions you lose the very simple, right, but what are they about? And that's why I kind of, I think, and this is, and it's a, you know, this is taste and style. Uh, so this is, you know, this is, a, this is just what I enjoyed. Uh, but I enjoyed that he really only had one intention, that he really only had one thing, and that's his money. Well, that is fair. But mm -hmm. when the movie is devoting a good portion of its runtime to him repeating that that is what he's about. And not just repeating, but like chewing the scenery of my mother fucking money. And it's like, okay, yeah, like cut some of those out and then you could get this down to under 90 minutes. But if yeah. it's under 90 minutes, it's not a feature film. What? I don't, anyone saying that bullshit needs to get fucking bent. 
okay? Wait, the no, film the, industry no, legally, is polluting what? your mind, Sean. No, I want 80-minute movies. It's, they can't do that. They legally need to make it 90 minutes. Man, oh, the like, Winnie the Pooh the movie was under 90, it, and it was in theaters. So you want to know cool. what? That's not the contract. They, but they signed a contract to make it a feature-length film, and it has to be 90 minutes. Okay, well... Uh, yeah, regardless just, of that, if you need to stretch out the runtime by repeating a phrase for several minutes, there's got to be something different you can do in order to uh, increase the quality, I guess. Do what Austin Powers did and put those interstitials of like people's 70s dancing. That's actually kind of a budget thing. Because now you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to film a whole scene of that. Well, no, it would just be their version of just like doing like a Charlie Brown dance to uh, Hocus Pocus Jokus, right? I mean, that actually works. I don't want to feel like I'm just trying to like pick pick at someone just to pick on them. Like it's there is like literally like the whole boardroom meeting. All of his lines are about it. Yeah, I yeah, I I think all. Most of the scenes with Violent J, I know I sound like a broken record, but they suck. Like Violent J, I liked them actually. Oh man, see, Sorry, we're, no, go, please, we're starting to de- deter now, Sean. I we've like de- this. We've deterred this entire time. Oh uh, no, you <laughs> used to be on Shaggy's side, or maybe you weren't because you didn't know Shaggy was Shaggy. You thought Shaggy was Violent J, or possibly yeah. a third member. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know who any of these guys were. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I really. I think for two things, uh, a and I already because I already said the other thing. I like I like a direct intention that instead of that you just keep going, you keep cranking up, and I think all you need to crank up is your delivery of the line. Um, I also think Violent J chews scenery well. And my big second point is this is also an ICP movie. Like this definitely this movie this movie is for Juggalos, and I think if a Juggalo went to the movie and they was like that's the fan service they're looking for is ICP screen time, and like I, I won't dispute that this is definitely a movie for Juggalos, and that's not talking bad on Juggalos. I can just no. see that the intent is there, that there it's more for the fan base than anything. So I get that, uh, you know, if they're trying to appeal to Juggalos, they might have accomplished their goal. Uh, but to someone outside of the spectrum, it's. I think the word the word is more apt to be. It was more annoying than anything else for me, and that's what a lot of the characters were. As someone who's probably not unable to immerse themselves in the world uh, in this world as their fan base can. Yeah, well, I think I think that's fair, especially the way they use Jerky Boys. I think jer- I think Jerky Boy sense of humor can also be descri- described described. Uh, described as annoying and obnoxious. I think that's a lot of like late 90s, 2000s humor, mm-hmm. uh, especially this sort of like clever but juvenile. They're obnoxious. I don't know why for this reason it worked for me. And again, this is this is me. These are my opinions and my opinions alone. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, we, we have like three minutes to finish this movie. Jesus. All right, go ahead. Because I'm not going over two hours on the record. Okay. That's fair. Hit us with it, James. Power through it, because I didn't finish the movie. They finished summoning the magic ninjas. I thought that was uh, funny when they're like, hey, we got to get this going. And then one of them says, yes, master. And then quick, I just want to talk about Cactus Jack. Okay, yeah. Then let's just do Cactus Jack. What's up? Oh, my gosh. That was so fucking cool. Uh He's built it. He's built at the top of the movie. Um, They say, like, oh, Cactus Jack is here. They don't show him until the 
at the very, very end of the mm-hmm. movie. There is the big fight oh, in the warehouse. Only is Cactus Jack, damn it. That's Cactus yes. Jack. Because they couldn't legally use Cactus Jack because he was under... And it's such a weird time. This movie came out in 2000. They're probably shooting like in 99. A, a couple a couple months before this movie was released was the big Cactus Jack Triple H feud, which I don't know if you know anything about uh, James O'Corey. Yeah, I know uh, everything, yeah. so you don't need to tell us. Shut the fuck up, James. You spent how long on those goddamn reviews? Well, not, not as much as we talked about the goddamn donut scene. Oh, you mean the movie we're supposed to fucking I talk about? I thought the reviews were about the Jeez. movie. One was about fucking up wrestlers. So, uh, but, but what was happening at the time in the WWF? Uh, so WWF didn't hire Cactus Jack. They hired Mick Foley. He became Mankind. And then they later, and then they kind of got some dude love stuff in there. The big thing was Cactus Jack was what he was on the indies. And specifically FMW, the deathmatch stuff that ICP used for their... Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 Stranglemania. Thank you very much. So like that was, that's who they were into. It's not Mankind, the WWF safe version for television. It was Cactus Jack. And a couple, month, and a couple months before this movie came out was the Royal Rumble. Hell in a Cell... Ca- Mick Foley versus Triple H. And this was the big, like, Mick, Triple H was always was kind of getting the push, but no one was really on board yet. Like, the fans weren't on board yet. And then this fuse going off, and, like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to beat, oh, Mick, I'm going to beat you up. Like, you're mankind. You're just a fucking jobber. I'm not scared of you. And Mick comes on the ramp. He's like, okay, maybe you're not scared of mankind, but there's someone you should probably meet. And he rips off the mask, and he takes off his tights, and his cactus fucking jack in the wwf the ultra violent murderous madman that is cactus jack in the wwf and that this movie is coinciding and because they reference it like uh Corey, you didn't see it one of the nice things about that wrestling match scene is that cactus jack keeps like go- going to do a mankind spot and he's like wait no that's not that's not who i am that's not who i am and then he'll go and do a dude love spot he's like no that's not me that's not me and then he finally starts doing the bang bangs. He's like, yeah, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. That's me. That's me. And it's such a cool, it's just like where the timing is in his career of him finally embracing this third character that was not in the WWF. Like, and really you'd have to be a tape trader or like a, like a, fa- you'd have to be like a pretty deep fan to know who Cactus Jack was, but it's also why Cactus Jack was as popular as he was in WWF. Or, or why Mankind and, and Mick Foley was. Like, this was the character that, like, people rallied around. And so to see him come back, and to see him, because spe- I'm sure they specifically asked, like, hey, uh, Mick, we want you in the movie. We kind of, but we want Cactus Jack. It's like, well, I, I, I could be Cactus Sack. He's like, that's fine. Like, it, it's so cool. It's, it's, it's that kind of, like, wrestling fan service. And the way, again, he's calling out his other characters and being like, no, we're not doing that. We're doing the violent character. We're One, doing the FMW deathmatch guy. It was great. I th- believe Stranglemania takes Cactus Jack matches. There are they're on there, and they yeah. call him like in their redub version Cactus Sack. Cactus Sack, and that's Hell why yeah. he's on there as that. That's awesome. The wrestling match is really good for like a filmed match. Some good spots. I loved yeah. that when he gets like face planted. Shaggy does. He comes up and his face paint is laid out on the the mat on the canvas. Yeah, that was a very that was a very nice touch. That was a very cartoonish touch. I also like that Shaggy doesn't get any office offense in. Sugar Bear doesn't really get any offense in. Is is Cactus Jack the mm-hmm. whole time? Which is like. Yeah, that'd be it'd be weird if they booked them if they bought themselves a movie just so they could beat up Cactus Jack. Fuck that. I, I that's not what I came to see. And it would like so I, I like that they had 
at least whoever whoever was in charge of that, I'm glad that it, I'm glad they saw like yeah, it would be weird. And because he even references at the end, uh, violence says like yeah, if this wasn't a movie, Cactus Jack would have fucking killed you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm glad they put him over that strong. That's very cool. And the only way he won is because he landed, uh, Shaggy landed on a, God, why I used to. T- it was like a pallet. Yes, like a, a pallet, pallet. Thank you. Yeah. It gets stuck in his leg. Then a cactus sack tries to jump on him. He pulls out the, the pallet stake and then stakes him through the heart. And then. Uh, when- cactus like, second time this week dies and then uh, <laughs> violent brutal. jay's like hey i'm gonna fucking kill you with this gun and then a squid blows off on him and he's like what was that looks at it that- a bunch more go off it's a very comedic scene it ends up being his mom they pull him out on a gurney and they're like let's see who sugar bear really was then they wipe off his face paint and it was harry cox the entire time end of and movie it, and it makes no sense and they're even like yeah this doesn't make any sense whatever yeah end because there was that scene in the interrogation when he was waiting outside so yeah it doesn't make sense but Lil Cordy what would you rank this movie half a star because I know that's as low as I can go <laughs> Sean uh, out, of how, out of how many out of five yeah if you're into Harlan Williams or ICP this is like easily four four out of five if you're not into either yeah like one and a half two and it really does have to you have to like because it's because they are very specific senses of humor. Uh, and I get that humor is not for everyone. So like, yeah, for me, I'll say three and a half, four, because I love Harlan Williams. He's great in this. I'd give this a two and a half. Okay. Gee, uh, Sean, what you baby. got to plug? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Goose Von Kaiser. That's me, baby. Corey, what you got to plug? Uh, oh, Nomads 101 TV uh, on Twitter and Nomads 101 on Twitch. Eventually, I'll start streaming again soon once I... Yeah. And hey, yeah. if you guys want to hear this same kind of format, but in like, you know, an hour or 15 chunks, go over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash MLM pod to listen to This Existed. We've done like Meet the Deedles, WMAC Masters, The Grumpy Cat Christmas Movie, a lot of great stuff over there. You also get engaged with Nicolas Cage talking about Beyblade and the Toku Reading Corner. That's patreon.com forward slash MLM pod. That's $5 a month every single Friday. You get a podcast. Ooh, baby, it's good. But if you're a $10 patron, you get shout outs on every single free, free podcast, including this one and mostly speaking Sentai and talking about Beyblade. That's not free, but you still get shout outs on there. So let's begin starting with Steve F. Next, we have Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour. I think I said if these are $10 patrons, right? Yeah. All right. Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour, Alex Z, the Waz, Orion, Defo, D-F-O, he's a rapper, check him out, Kayla, aka Two Grapes, Tyler Wright, he's my friend, Elliot W, at Garlic Sunshine, to see their amazing artwork on Instagram, Jordan B, the Chaos Witch, Nicole's brother, aka my Bickle, my brother in common law, Josh, and Steve Barnes, aka Introvoid, follow him on Spotify and Substack. I've been James. I've been Corey. Sean, hi, Sean, me. See you guys. Bye. Next week, I think we're doing the pendulum or something weird. Bye. The pendulum or something weird. This has been a Marshland Media production produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit MLMPod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to Patreon.com forward slash MLMPod and sign up today.
Oh, yeah.